0: So in today's gospel, we have another remarkable event. <clears throat> Anybody remember what happened last Sunday? Yeah, loaves and fishes, good. Feeding the 5,000. And then now what happens is, is Jesus, it's very important, there's this line that really struck me as I was praying through it today. It said, He made them get into the boat and precede Him to the other side. Jesus sent them into the storm. He's God. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He knew there was going to be a storm, and he made them go into it alone. And this is not just some little detail that we should overlook. There's something very profound here for everyone present today. And this is no little storm. Sometimes we get a little frustrated with, The translators of the Bible because they just kind of do a a disservice to the wording, right? And so today it says the boat was tossed about by the waves. Well, if you've ever been in a boat and you're kind of like, you know, tossed about by the waves, you're like, what? This isn't so bad. It's not the actual translation. The literal translation is the boat was tortured by waves, harassed by waves. And how long did this Torturing go on of these men in the boat. Well, we can guess, right? This happens right after the loaves and fishes, which is sometime around supper time. Right? They had to eat supper, so six, seven o'clock. And it says it goes until the third or fourth watch of the night. For the ancient Israelites, the third or fourth watch was anywhere from three a.m. to six a.m. So that means that this torturing of the waves against the boat went on anywhere from ten to twelve hours you ever driven in a blizzard you ever done it for 10 to 12 hours awful the sheer amount of anxiety and fear that was going on in these men had to be overwhelming i remember when i was in college a buddy of mine and i we went out to cacawea and we took his little you know those little aluminum 16 footers you know terribly unstable with a nine-horse motor on the back and we were we were catching fish like I've never caught fish before. I don't ever. I think it might have been the best fishing I've ever had in my entire life. Just hammering walleye. And you could see in the distance that a storm was gathering. And my buddy's like, we should probably go in. And I'm like, no, no way, man. This is the best fishing I've ever had. So we're still just fishing, just hammering fishing. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, that's coming directly at us. And so we're like, we got to get going. And storms move very fast sometimes. And so we got the motor started, and we were about 20 minutes out, you know? And we started going, and we hit this thing head on. And I'm talking like hail, lightning, rain. We're into the way, you know the waves, of a cock wheel with a big storm. I mean, and we're in this little boat, and it was just like, and we're in an aluminum metal boat, and I'm like, we're like a lightning target, and we had a motor. The apostles had oars. And we were in it for 20 minutes to a half hour. They were in it for 10 to 12 hours. And they thought that they were alone. They thought that Jesus had abandoned him, them, but he hadn't. If you ever get a chance to go to the Holy Land, you can go up on what's called the Mount of Beatitudes. And that's where the Sermon on the Mount was given. It's also where the feeding of the 5,000 happened. And there's this little cave up there. And you know in, the, in this gospel, it says Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. This is not a mountain. It is a small hill. Just like the Sea of Galilee is not a sea. It's just like a larger lake. And when I was in this little cave, I prayed, and something immediately struck me. From that cave, you can see the entire Sea of Galilee. So even though those apostles felt that they were alone, that Jesus had abandoned him, he was watching them the whole time. And he comes to these grown men. And they, it says, cry out to him. Growing men are so afraid, they are crying. And he immediately calms their fear. When I was a kid, my mom had this game. And not it, it was a game for her, it wasn't really a game for us. And I've always, I'm trying to figure out, I've asked every Mass so far, have you ever heard of this? There would be a time we'd be in the car, like, freaking out, and, you know, punching my brother, and we'd be yelling and screaming, crying, and all of a sudden she'd be like, hands on your head, feet in blank sight, first one to talk has to get out and walk. Have any of you ever heard that before? Just raise your hand if you've ever heard that. Really? Okay, hey, she didn't make it up. That's the first one. Or maybe she did and passed it on to your family. But I was always, you know, this terrible fear of like, she's going to make me get out of the car and walk. And so my brother and I are like, you know. But one day I remember I was just like, she's never made us walk. And so I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally she just slammed on the brakes, got out of the car, opened the door, pulled me out onto the curb and took off. Now, I'm like six years old. The amount of fear that hits you in that moment is just devastating. I mean, I just started bawling, standing there just crying. And, of course, my mom just went around the block, you know, and came back trying to prove a point. That's why the football players at Mandan High were afraid of her. She taught there. She came back, though, and I remember she came out, and I'm, I'm sure to her dying breath, she regretted doing it. She told me she regretted doing it. She came up to me, and I remember she just kind of held me as I was crying. She's like, did you not know I would never leave you, ever? And I think that as Jesus approaches the boat and they cry out to him, he says, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Again, a rather pathetic translation. What it actually says is, I forbid you from being afraid for one more second. I forbid you. Is it to say, I'm here. I've always been here. I'll never leave you. So why does God allow these storms? I think it's to build faith. Without storms, we become the most selfish of all creatures. And in this moment, right, when he approaches them, the unthinkable happens. Peter says to him, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. My dear people, I pray in my life that I will have the faith just once that Peter had that night. To get out of the boat and literally do what is impossible. How many of you would have gotten out of the boat? I don't know if I would have. I want to think I would have, but I don't know if I would have. But he literally walks on water. And how does he do it? He does it by keeping his focus on Jesus. So long as his focus is on Jesus, Jesus' life is flowing through him, and he's able to do what Jesus can do. But when he stops focusing on Jesus, and he starts looking at all the stuff that's going on around him, all the stuff that he can't control, when he turns on Fox News and CNN... He begins to drown. He can't do anything about the storm. Why is he focusing on it? And he's doing what's impossible. And he begins to drown and he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus quickly grabs him and pulls him up into the boat. And then he says this, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt Now again, tone here is everything. This is why I hate email. Because I never understand people's tone. Even when they put like caps, you know, I'm like, are you happy or mad or excited? Tone is everything. Jesus could have looked at him and been like, why'd you doubt? You know me. That's not the way our God speaks. I think that Jesus looked at him and said, Peter... Why did you doubt? You know me, You know I'm stronger than this storm. You know my love for you is unconditional. Why did you doubt? So what does this have to do with all of us? I think all of us here, me included, live in this illusion that life should be easy. We want life to be easy and we live in the illusion that if I can just get through this storm I'll be okay but that's never the case because after this storm is the next storm and then another one and then another one let me give you just an example my past year here at St. Joseph's I told you at Christmas we had $10,000 in our savings account we have $100,000 a month payroll and we had $10,000 to our name That's a storm for a pastor. And I said, if we can just get to Christmas, we'll get out of this. And we did. We got to Christmas. And because of your generosity, we pulled out of that. And then what happened? My mom died. Lord, if I can just get through this. Problems at the school. Lord, if we can just get to the spring, we'll be okay. The virus. Lord, if we can just get through the virus and get to the summer, maybe it will kill the virus. Oh, the footings in the church basement are cracked. Oh, if we can just fix the footings, which we had budgeted. Oh, no, 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 the beams are also falling off the footings. Well, if we can just find enough money to fix that, Lord, we'll be. A- no, the water main just broke. And on and on and on. Storms are not a possibility, they are a given. It's not if, it's when and how many you will endure. All of life is a storm, and we are constantly assaulted, harassed, and tortured by this world. Meaning that there is endless opportunity for anxiousness and fear. And if I think if Jesus was here speaking to you right now, and he is, I think he would say this to everyone in this church. Look at me. Get your eyes on me. Forget about this. Focus on me. Because when we don't focus on Him, we drown. When I look at everything that's going on right now in the parish and the school, all that we're, we're behind, we don't have the money, the funds that we need, I drown. When I think about the health of those that I love, I think about my own health, I drown. When I think what's expected of me, the pressures that are put on me to provide for my family, I drown. When I look at all that is wrong with this world right now, I drown. But when I stay focused on him, I realize that the impossible is possible. Do you realize that Peter is the only human being in the history of the world to ever walk on water? But that was not an, a moment 2,000 years ago frozen in time just for Peter. It's for you. It's for me. The symbolism of Peter walking on water is Peter walking on fear. And any one of us can walk on our fear. Any one of us. By letting the life of Jesus flow in and through us when we surrender totally to that power. And realize that we are not alone. We can do what he does. He wants this for all of us. So let us keep our eyes fixed on him. And him alone. And when we do that, not only will we be able to weather any storm that comes our way. But we, like him, will be able to do the impossible.